Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how to subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! From feeling decidedly comfortable at half-time, City seemed to finish the game feeling pretty tense and nervy. But a second clean sheet in a row, the first time that's happened in the league since the opening two games, and three more points on the board, although I reckon they probably had the engine going on the team bus from about the 85th minute onwards, if you ask me. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. Hello. Hello, everyone. They, um, I, I, It feels like they mugged Bournemouth of the points in the end, but they'd started so well, so I don't really know mm. where, the, where the kind of truth is in all of that. Because City won, and it was obviously the outcome that we were looking for, I hadn't really thought about who deserved what. Obviously, last weekend when it was a draw against Chelsea, I was like, well, draw's a fair point. I thought both teams could have won it. Obviously, Guardiola fundamentally disagrees with that, um, but at least I thought about it. But with this, I just thought, well, City have won. They've done done the job. Not really thought about it, but I did tweet towards the end. You know, if Bournemouth were to equalise, it would have been fair enough. Um, so I suppose there's that element. But at the same time, when you said it feels like they mugged them off the points, I was like, oh, I don't feel it's quite in that category either. Um, also, I watched the second half back just before um, doing this. And it's, it's not one of those where I'm going to say, look, what were, you, what were you worried about? It's not exactly like a Palace situation. Um because it was a fairly even second half throughout, mm. wasn't it? Um, but I feel like that, the onslaught, as much as it was an onslaught, if we can call it that, in fact, from Bournemouth was probably the last 10, 15 minutes, um, by which point Haaland had gone off, City was still trying to play long, and it was just coming back at them straight away. Um, but yeah, it was a weird game, and there's there's basically two ways you could look at it. And I feel like, well, I know we are, I feel like <laughs> a lot of the correspondents and people I've seen on X are probably going to look at it in a very negative way, which is very ironic because the agenda merchant Sky wouldn't stop talking about how good City are playing at the moment and how ominous is looking for the rest. So I don't know how to square that one off. Yeah. Um, what struck me towards the end of the game is uh, City, in those circumstances, are pretty are normally pretty good at controlling the ball when they're, when they're being attacked. And they, they do that thing where they just go, OK, you've had an attack, now let's just keep the ball and yeah. make sure that you're not having another attack for another 10 minutes or so. Um, but they just, like you said, they kept going long and they kept clearing it to nobody and it just kept coming straight back. And like mm. in all of that, I, I watched the Match of the Day highlights and wrote down the chances that made the edit. 
Um, and there was the Tavernier scuff that Diaz headed clear. Uh, Tavernier shot wide fro- uh, when Solanke held off Diaz on the edge of the, uh, kind of going into the six yard box and kind of pulling it back to him on the edge of the box. Yeah. Um, Solanke headed uh, a corner that Edison saved on the line. It's a good save that. Mm. Um, they got in behind. Uh, that may have been offside because uh, he crossed it to nobody in the box. It went out. I think it went out for a throw in on the far side. And it, the linesman didn't put the flag up, but had it gone into the net, they might have reviewed it and there might have been an offside there. Um, there was a shot wide from the edge of the box and then right at the end uh, Enesunel had that header that, that, that either clipped the post or just went wide of the post and then when I think back to kind of all of that that happening um, like I, I was shocked at the number of the number of people who when I tweeted about it afterwards or posted on X about it as you as we're going with these days uh, apparently um, hmm. the uh, the number of people that replied with well I actually thought it was quite comfortable and like so I, I didn't really get that sense either I, I got the sense that like actually you know if this game goes on for much longer City could be in trouble here. Uh, yeah yeah um, I was, it's not really relevant at all but I suppose the thing that came to my mind then was the second leg at Atletico Madrid a couple of years ago when it got to half time and it was like if City concede I don't know if they've got the legs to go with it obviously a slightly different situation um, but yeah it seemed like so. We talked about that last ten fifteen minutes. It seemed like Guardiola had thought, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna tame this game now. So we may as well bring De Bruyne on to take advantage of the of the transitions. I think I don't know because obviously City only scored the one in the first half, and it wasn't you know wasn't really a transition. But it just seemed like in the second half. So look, City, as John Stones helpfully pointed out for everybody, they tried to. Lord Bournemouth press towards them and then play over the top into the spaces behind. Obviously, man-to-man as well. So when we say that, obviously, people will recognise a bit more like, oh, yeah, go over the top and play for second balls, that kind of thing. And in the first half, City, oh, City were great. They managed to have control despite playing more direct. And obviously, they were they were, they were playing through the middle quite well. It wasn't all long balls up to Haaland. You know, having Bernardo and Foden in the middle is very nice, especially when you got Kovacic and Rodri in there. Perfect. And Stones going up as well. It, it felt like last season. Um, but then in the second half, it was a bit more direct. And the transitions, or, you know, sucking them in. Because sometimes they were playing passes and almost getting themselves in trouble. And you think, as it was happening, you think, what are they doing? And you think, oh, are they doing that on purpose? Have they got themselves into an awkward position to encourage Bournemouth on even more? And then go, see ya, give it to Haaland. Because if so... Like obviously that's that's very clever and very brave, um, but they just couldn't make the transitions stick. Really, mm. um, I don't know. Like again, having watched it back, I thought Harlan's hold up was better than I thought it was at the time. Um, Nunes not so much. When Doku came on for him, not so much. Obviously, Foden was pretty good, um, but just whenever they manufactured those situations, they just didn't make the the most of them. And then it wasn't like. It wasn't always like the attacks broke down in their box, but that header that went wide by Unal, that was when City had a good attack. Foden played it into Alvarez's feet. It wasn't a great pass. It wasn't a great attempt by Alvarez to win it. And then Bournemouth broke quickly. I think it was Solanke who got past... Like if you're just a strong runner going past Rodri with a bit of an advantage, you, just, you are going you are gonna to make it a lot of the time. Um, or certainly this is what happened then and then it just developed in, into that that was from a counter-attack City not really sustaining it but I think a lot of the time 
the ball just went out for a goal kick. Like there was one where Nunes had a good opportunity, he just crossed it behind. Haaland was a bit pissed off, like everyone else. But at least it was a goal kick. City could reset. But I think that was why the second half was more even because it was more City going direct, not making anything of it. And then Bournemouth had got the ball back either from a goal kick or a counter-attack. And yeah, like I say, at the end, Guardiola had kind of thought, well, we can't we can't fix this. So we might as well take advantage and get De Bruyne on. Yeah. The um, the balance comes though, I guess, because like as, as much as I'm down on that second half performance, the first half performance was good and it was it was yeah, really, um, good. really good. It was like you you told me, you, you said it nil-nil uh, to me at one point, um, like they're doing all right here. Like the, the sense seems to be from people that they're getting a bit frustrated that they haven't scored, but actually their, their build-up is good and they're, you know, they're, they're playing all right. And I'm I'm kind of so I'm kind of really torn about where the dicey end to the game came from. Whether it was like City under pressure this season, and we've seen like countless times this season where games have got away from them and they've they've struggled in the closing stages, sort of thing. Um, or if it's one of those cases of listen, it's Bournemouth away, lads. You've got to take your chances in the first half. You're making chances. Don't give them the chance to get back into the game and actually be clinical, finish them off. And it, or, or is it, I mean, the answer is obviously one of them where it, where it's, it's 50-50. It's a bit from column A, a bit from column B. Um, but then when you look at, at the end into the game and those chances that I just read out for Bournemouth, it feels like the most that they've conceded in terms of chances in a long time. Yeah. So yeah, I just look back for when my message to you was... I thought it was about twenty minutes, and yeah, sure enough, seventeen fifty. I said, yeah. "City being all right here," but it just it just felt like absolutely fine. And going into the game, I was very skeptical about City's ability to control it. I might have mentioned that on not on the detail show, obviously, but um, the one after Brentford, because obviously the way City have gone to Bournemouth, in particular, with the famous no shots, no corners against all that kind of thing, I wasn't sure about City's capacity to do that, unless all the control boys played, really. And in the first half, that seemed to be how it went. Um, but yeah, it, just, it did just kind of unravel a lot. And then you could definitely look at it positively in the sense that City's defence, we know, hasn't been up to the standards of last year. There haven't really been, I don't want to say any, but certainly many performances where they've shown that proper gritty defending, which you know they, they did in you know, against Bayern last season... Uh, Liverpool I mean obviously there would have been loads um, but yesterday they, they did do really well Akanji could have been man of the match again obviously Stones could have been more so for his attacking but defensively he was good Diaz was probably the worst of the four but not he wasn't bad by any means um, and again Ake was really good it's just because just the other three were really really good and there was a couple of times like you say him getting held off there was one he, he blocked a shot well um, kind of making up for chasing a bit but all the defenders were good Edison like you say with that save on the line that was good um, and Guardiola saying afterwards you know I was in love with the team they're all supermen basically based on the fact that they were fighting for it um, and probably you know because he's saying this is Bournemouth they're really good and he was, he was saying you know people say the conditions are the same but they're not because Bournemouth have had a week of he said like they've had a week of dreaming to beat the best team in the world you know we had three days and it's like people say the conditions are the same, they're not. And it's like that's a really easy open goal for your Nick Harris's to, <laughs> to get the spreadsheet out. You know what I mean? Like you can't really yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to that extent. I mean, I don't know. If if it, it, it felt like a it felt like an open goal for that. But again, he's just going back to doesn't matter how much they cost, this is hard work, you know, this is this is draining. Um again, I suppose it goes back to the fact that we're not in the crunch yet. We're in February. 
this is pre-crunch and it feels like everything is super important um and again like i was when i was watching the game back it was on the premier league like world feed and they were like city can't city haven't got any margin for error here with the march they've got um yeah and the thing is i suppose in in the sense of there's two ways to look at it you can look at you know the way that they they defended well and obviously bournemouth did have chances anyway but it you can still say they defended well. You know, Bournemouth had the Unal header where it went over Diaz. I don't think that was particularly bad from Diaz. Um, they did concede more shots than they have in a long time. I know it's taken me three minutes to address that part of your question, which was the main <laughs> bit. I've just remembered what it was. Because um, I asked Guardiola at some point, it might have even been before the 4 all at Chelsea, um, or before it may be after the 4-4 and before the 3-3 against Spurs about the lack of clean sheets. And he was like, yeah, but we can see two or three shots um, on target a game, average. Uh, same as last season. I was like, yeah, well, fair enough. But obviously that's still been the case and they're still not really keeping clean sheets. Although we are, it is easy to say that recently, but in January they did add six. And at that point they'd add 12. So they added on, well, at that point I'd look, they added on 50% of the clean sheets in like January. And yeah, maybe the start I- of Feb. So I had a look at the stats for, for clean sheets. I had a look at the stats for clean sheets um, kind of not that long ago. And my conclusion from it was like cautiously optimistic that they were getting better at it. And that was just because like they, they'd they had a few more in the last few weeks in the sense of like adding one or two here or there. And it was like Burnley at home sort of thing in the way that in the, in the first half of the season, they were conceding that pesky goal. They might win the game, but they concede a pesky goal towards the end or something like that. Um, which they seem to have cut out, and it, like, I'm, I'm not suggesting that they turned a corner by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe like the stats were starting to even out a little bit. Um, well, yeah, they'd certainly improved, and then when I asked Guardiola about it last week, I checked, and they're still on like an average of 3.2 shots on target conceded per game in the Premier League. Only Arsenal are better, and it was like 2.8 or something, um, which again goes to show Arsenal <laughs> solid outfit for now. Anyway, like I say, it's still February. So I don't want to get carried away. Obviously, they batted Newcastle afterwards, and everyone's like, "Okay." And look, Arsenal are looking really good, but it is still February. Like people were probably saying that this time last year, and then it went the way it went. Um, the question there being, have City got what it takes to overhaul them this time? And I suppose that is the big question of this podcast, rather than the game, because yeah, Bournemouth they did have more shots, but again, in terms of on target, it probably is in line with that average. There wouldn't have been many on target that were good. But then maybe that's a bit but of the that, folly but, of looking at Guardiola's yeah. shots on target. If they're, you know, if it's like you could say against Villa, oh, well, they only scored a late deflection. It's like, yeah, but they definitely deserved it. Yeah. Like you, you could kind of bend that I, whichever way you wanted. And I also worry with the shot on target as a as a metric there. Like the, the chances yeah. that I. Because um, people say about City all the time, but it's like, yeah, but they've yeah. had loads of. They've had dominance, they've had chances. Yeah, and like I, the the chances that I read out earlier, you know, Tavernier shot wide from the edge of the box. You know, Unal's header goes down as a as a shot off target, but actually, it's a really really good chance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the million dollar question is, where is City at going into March? And I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this with the caveat that I know. I feel like I'd try more than anybody in this industry to be like, well, what's the point in 
getting so caught up in this weekend's results when things can look very, very different very quickly. Do you remember that Palace game a couple of years ago? It was nil-nil on Monday night. Yeah. It just felt like, in terms of, not what I was feeling, but if you read everything and kind of take a gauge of the opinion, it was like, well, Liverpool are playing much better. They're going to run away with it. And I was like, well, things just change. Like Momentum changes easily. And so that is still very capable of being the case. But last night, so Saturday night, was the first time I started thinking, I don't know if City can do this. Because if they can't control matches like they normally do, then again, and I think we we saw this yesterday, if Haaland scores, it doesn't matter so much. And it's as simple as that, really. It wouldn't be my preferred way of City again to the end of the season. I prefer they start controlling matches again. I think that's the more sustainable way. I'm sure Guardiola would agree. But if Haaland's scoring his chances then it doesn't matter so much. But can they play like that second half at Anfield and get away with it? No chance, surely. Um, yeah. Brighton away is probably not as difficult as recent years just because they've struggled a bit, Brighton. Um, I mean, obviously United, the derbies at home have been slightly weird at times, but also City have battered them at times as well. And I would like to think that would be the same. Um, although I suppose United losing yesterday in those circumstances probably didn't help. If United had got the winner in the last minute, I'd have actually been more confident because I'd have gone, they're going to be complacent all week. They're, they're going to think, oh, we're riding high. We'll be all right. But they always have a knack of coming back. But I still think, I still think that should be all right for City. Um, and then obviously after the international break, it's Arsenal. Um, I'd still back that to be a big home performance. God, what but a fixture list. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? And and normally, you know, you know, like I've said about whenever City have played Spurs, I've been like, oh, there's that game and it's in April, but, you know, City will turn up there in title mode. And again, by the time it's it's the end of April, even if they have a not great March, I mean, starting start um, start April at Palace away is not a fantastic start um, in terms of their momentum. <laughs> God, mate, you, pa- you're convincing me they're not going to pick up another point all season. Well, now. no, I mean, I, one of the emails said, I'm not sure they'll, they're going to pick up a point in or, or win a game in March. I'm not, I'm not that down on it. But um, I... I'm I'm alarmed. I'm concerned. Um, but I wouldn't. Mm, yeah, I was going to say. So I'm looking ahead to April already. It's Palace away, Luton at home, and then it's and then it's Spurs away, and then Forest away. <laughs> so it's quite fun, isn't it? Um, but look, the reason I put that caveat in at the start is because it's City, and they are capable of going right, lads. This is it. Um, so I'm certainly not ruling it out, but it is. It is interesting, isn't it? You, yeah. I, I don't want to go down the slippery slope of you look at Liverpool's fixtures and you think they're going to win every game and Arsenal are looking good because whatever, like the twists and turns happen. But um, yeah, it, like I said about the the joke about Sky, you know, Sky were like, oh, eight wins out of nine, two clean sheets in a row. And it's like, yeah, this is this sounds good. And he's, I don't know, like Everton, they weren't very good. Chelsea, they weren't very good. Uh, Brentford, Patchy. They weren't very good, yeah. Bournemouth good for a half and then patchy second half. Um, but again, it's, it's February. Like, like is, is this pre-crunch? You know, are they are they about to to click into gear? Um, I don't know. I, I do have some doubts. Um, yeah. But I, I'm, I kind of can, can console myself or at least just be reasonable. I balance it out, the yin and yang, by going, well, it's City. They'll have something. Um, but I do think it's going to need 
I do think he's going to need Grealish, and he's going to need Grealish to be at his best. That's probably why Guardiola keeps chipping away at him. Um, he's going to need Rodri to be fit. He's going to need Bernardo to be fit. He's going to need Stones to be fit. And um, oh, was it was it was it Jim again who tweeted this? Uh, Guardiola can't keep saying Akanji can play in the middle when Stones does that yesterday. Just can't. Like, come on. Nobody believes that anymore, apart from possibly Pep and Nadem. Like, <laughs> and, what they, and what do they know? <laughs> yeah. Coming up after a short ad break, there'll be more analysis of the game with Bournemouth looking at how City tried to control the game. See you shortly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Paul got in touch to say, uh, when are we going to begin looking at the body of work from this season and confront the truth? We're simply not dynamic enough with the tactics to win the Premier League title, let alone a treble. Regardless of it being an away game, City have consistently not been good enough, even in their wins, to instil faith in me that they're going to turn this around. I honestly think we'll be lucky to get a single league win in March, given the fixture list. Um, and like when you when you kind of when you take that email as uh, as like in the cold light of day, it sounds really really harsh. And as we just talked about the performances and and uh, the way the results have have kind of almost gone against the 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 way we feel about the performances. And you can t- talk all the time about you know good teams find a way to win and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I just think back, it, like I didn't realize that this Bournemouth game this year was on the same weekend as it was on uh, last season. And obviously, we we la- we launched the podcast uh, around about the it was the Leipzig game, wasn't it? Where we weren't really sure about uh, where people weren't sure about the second half performance and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, we were planning it in the in the in the kind of to to launch ahead of that in the uh, in the Nottingham Forest game. So I remember chatting to you in the build up to the Nottingham Forest yeah, yeah. game about it, and that game was all all kinds of uh, City dominate but don't win, and it just got me thinking that that like everything you've just said there. That it goes against kind of how I'm feeling with the team at the moment. I'm I'm feeling exactly not exactly the same as Paul there, but but quite similar to what Paul's feeling. Um, nervous about what's about what's coming up. A bit worried about performances. That sort of angst you get. Um, but at the same time, like I had all of those feelings last season, and then when you try and verbalise that at the end of the season, people go, "Well, you must have been crazy because they were they, look at what they achieved in the end." Mm. And I'm wondering if if like if if this season it is. Like ultimately, Guardiola found the solution last season, which turned out to be that Stones thing in midfield. He tried the Bernardo thing at left back; it didn't quite work out, and then Stones stepping into midfield. And I'm wondering if there is, like, if he just, if, if, if like, I, I don't know what it is. It could be, could be any sort of tactical tweak. But he drops that tactical tweak. Suddenly, City can control games again. It's like, like that's not unlikely, is it? No. Um, you know, in in a way, it might be Guardiola coming back. Because obviously, if you just get Stones to do what he did yesterday, then 
then fine. But they had alternatives to that, and obviously one of them was was Walker going up the right wing, and it still does bring a lot of benefits, doesn't it? You know that was that was key against um, Everton, particularly with just pushing Foden inside. Um, but I feel more like Guardiola when you've got Guardiola and Walker as the kind of wide threat. It's not really a threat, but when you've got so much in the middle and you've got so many bodies in there, it is hard to counter-attack against City when you've got like six quality players in the middle. Like it's just it's just an extra body. It doesn't they don't have to be quality players. Like they don't have to be especially defensively minded. Like they're just there. It's harder to do it. That that may be one of the ways to do it. And again, but City that, didn't it, always does that not play raise the with, Everton problem though, where they they had bodies in the middle, but like it was a stodgy performance because they weren't the players that were good in tight spaces. Well, if yeah, if if it's if it's Everton lineup rather than Brentford away lineup, yeah, yeah. But if it's Brentford away lineup, then thanks for coming. And you've also got <laughs> space for Kovacic in there instead of somebody. Um, I think that you know that helps as well, control wise. Um, anyone else? Not, not really. No, not. I mean, you could mention Rico Lewis. I don't expect to see him too much, but it's an option. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's just funny you talk about feelings because obviously after that Forest game, I remember everyone was like getting the train back and speaking to City fans, and obviously the way that the draw had happened in that particular game, and obviously the timing of it after they just beat an Arsenal, it just felt like oh this is never getting off the ground. But I remember I wrote and I was saying at the time like if City play like that, I'm not, I think I think what I've even said you know if they play like that they'll win the league because that's all you can do really, and they did, but. Yeah, obviously the way I'm feeling now is if you play like that, you're probably not. Um, but again, like we say, potential solutions. Guardiola coming up with something. Um, going back to, you know, Guardiola left back, Walker right back, that kind of thing. Not in every game, but in some games. A mixture of that and Stones doing what he did last night. But again, that, a simple solution. And to be honest, the the tactical stuff uh, is probably, it's probably not more likely. It feels more likely, but the simple solution is just Haaland putting away his chances. Because if he'd done it against Chelsea, they'd have won. If he'd done it last night, it would have been comfortable. If they, um, if he, well, he did do it against Everton, and he did do it against Brentford, so there is that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it is a tricky one though, because I don't know. I just I just don't I just don't, I don't ever get the sense of feeling too negative about City's chances because they just always come up with a solution um, I don't know maybe this is the effect of having two tight rivals I'm not sure if it really impacts them um, I suppose there is a different dynamic because obviously City are playing them both and they're playing them both in March um, so that's a different dynamic but the fundamental thing for City is they just concentrate on themselves like they always do next game next game next game and that's all they can do but for me I'm kind of feeling they could maybe it was after the Spurs game last year I was like they can still win the title but probably they're going to keep stumbling so Arsenal need to stumble more and I could see that but now the margin for error is smaller because I don't know if both Arsenal and Liverpool would allow City to keep stumbling if they were to by losing games or dropping that many points themselves like I feel like one of them might but the other one wouldn't so maybe that does maybe that does impact it um further down the line. It certainly impacts my, my thoughts about it now. Yeah. 
Um, I want to bring this in from Jack as well. He says, um, I was glad to see Kovacic next to Rodri. I've been dying to see it since Tottenham away when I thought Kovacic looked back to his best. I think they were both superb. And for me, it helps prevent the counters through the middle. We've conceded far too often this season. Um, and the, the lineup came out, Sam, and uh, Nunes and Kovacic were starting together in it. Uh, Nunes turned out to be playing wide left, folding through the middle. Um, then Rodri and Kovacic kind of anchoring there with Stones and Bernardo getting in there too. It seems like that as a, as a control element seems to work really well in that first half well yeah it's just it's just bodies in the middle and quality bodies as well um again it was kind of allied to city's approach of attract them in and, and go over the top of them um so yeah it it, it certainly did help um I, I just feel that's it you know if you, it's not so much about obviously off the ball matters but with city in control it's it's more so about on the ball and that was the thing about the proper defending last year it was like if if they couldn't control a match like I dare say Bayern at home they could at least rely on proper defending and, and Edison making some saves and that's that's kind of how I feel about the game yesterday first half they had they had more stuff when they had the ball more solutions and and that kind of thing um, but then again you do have the, the element of the second balls jewels that kind of thing um, and yeah, that was there wasn't a lot of winning the ball back straight away yesterday. In fact, second half there was there was a few times when again watching it back, you think, okay, how's this move going to end? You know, who's going to give it away? How are they going to give it away? And like Bernardo would maybe do it. You know, there was one on the half. He just gave it away on the halfway line when City had done pretty well. They got forward, went back to be patient, think fine, and then Bernardo gives it away, and you think he can't be doing with Bernardo giving it away like. If we're talking about oh you need more you know you need Bernardo to be fit you need Stones to be fit. like if Bernardo's going to be giving it away then that's a big a big problem um, and yeah Kovacic, you know Kovacic is going to do a a solid job he will be a, a solid part of the machine but obviously I don't think you can rely on him to be one of the main guys um, but obviously with Rodri you can um, but it's you need you just need bodies around them to be a bit alert more alert to the second ball. Um, yeah, I, I find just look after it more when they got it. I find the email interesting as well from Jack because of the way he talks about uh, those bodies preventing counters through the middle. And it, it's kind of, again, that kind of yin and yang thing you're talking about because, sure, it, it maybe stops the counters through the middle, but they didn't seem to hold on to it as well as they could normally have done. And, and in many ways, that's sort of, as you say in there with Bernardo giving it away on the halfway line, like you've stopped this problem with the counters through the middle, but actually what you've done is open up this problem of not being able to control the game and Bournemouth coming at you anyway. <laughs> It's like which one are you better set up to deal with? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like you know City. It, it can't have just been Gundogan winning every second ball for the last four years, can it? Like, there's got to be, <laughs> it could have been. There's got to be, there's, yeah, there's got to be, yeah. There, there's got to be more to it than that. Um, but no, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Maybe I don't understand. But I don't. I don't see why that would be the case. I feel like they. I feel like those players can control the ball can control the game with the ball and without it um, but I don't know I, I, I find it very difficult I do feel like as, as I kind of suggested on a few podcasts going back to the start of the season that there, there's something about second balls I just feel like they're not going City's way how much of that is their fault you know that Red Star goal you know when City battered them yeah. and then Red Star scored out of nothing before half time the ball just fell to them and they put it through the middle and it's like why, why is that happening it didn't seem to be anyone's fault really um, 
you know, Nunes challenging for headers in the middle. I think that was a part of it. He's, he's not going to win that header. But then it's like, why aren't the people getting around him? I don't know. I'm not sure. But then you kind of square that off with them all battling and digging in for the, you know, in, in defence. You know, it's not like they're not trying. If they weren't trying, you know, because we've staved off the 1920 comparisons because they've not been 1920, have they? They've been no, good far this from season. it. Far from it. Yeah, yeah. They've not been at their. They've not. I don't think they've been at the level of last season. But they've been. You know, they've been miles away from that. But um, and even then they were good. But they just have. I don't know. They just kind of shoot themselves in the foot for whatever reason. Um, but now I don't. I don't. I don't get that feeling. But it's just there's maybe it's just you know, well it's not maybe. In a lot of cases, it's obvious. If you've got players who are more direct, they're more likely to give it away. If you allow me to generalize. And those players are less likely to win it back. Like Doku against Grealish is an obvious example. But you've got even Foden. Foden slash Alvarez compared to Gundogan. They're more direct. They're less able to win it back. Like These are the subtle things in the team, which obviously we've been talking about since the start of the season, the lack of control. Um, I do think Foden has got a lot better um, at kind of managing the tempo of his contributions. And I feel like his running off the ball is getting better week week on week but it's a kind of natural thing that and obviously there's an element of like experience to it as well Gundogan basically had 10 years on Foden at the same period I say at the same period it's never changed has it he's had 10 years on him mm. forever <laughs> forever um, yeah that's, that's, that's how, how age works, works mate yeah <laughs> uh, um, but he just seemed to like have that sense of where the ball was going to drop which is obviously something that Foden hasn't really got and like De Bruyne was always good at it, um, but he, he's just coming back. There, there may be a bit of a physicality thing. Or, like For example, last weekend against Chelsea, part of the build-up to their goal was the ball was going towards De Bruyne. De Bruyne was there. He just didn't win it. And it's just a kind of just a mistake, really. Um, but it's little things like that. If you don't win the ball back straight away and keep going, then you spread out, and that's always going to be an issue. And I think that's part of why City have been able to be so good because they've always managed to have that. But again, you just have that slight shift in the characteristics of players and you've got a bit of a problem. And then if, you know, you, you have got Bernardo playing and he's giving it away and he's not, like yesterday when the guy, who was it, ran past him and he just went, nope, and just booted him and got the yellow card. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it had to be that at that point. Uh, yeah, good yellow. Um, that would have been a blue, wouldn't it? If that had have come in, but probably not, never yeah. will. So yeah, Solid it's just, blue, it's just that yeah. slight difference. Like, it's a slight difference, but... I do think it, it adds up to a lot. Um, and then you've got the fact they don't score many goals either. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny you mentioned the um, the if you win it back, then it just doesn't happen sort of thing. Because uh, after the game on Saturday night, Sky played a, um, a, a Sky Sports and City Studio production uh, behind the scenes sort of thing of the Premier League last season. Um, and... One of the games that stood out was that Brentford game they lost at home on my birthday weekend and ruined my birthday. Um, De Bruyne lost a challenge on the edge of the box and seconds later Brentford had scored the winner and it was that kind of set up that counter-attack. And if it came from a city corner and had De Bruyne just had De Bruyne won that ball there, it was it was not quite a fifty fifty, but he was he just arrived to it slightly too late. Um had he been there half a second earlier, he'd have won the ball and Brentford wouldn't have scored. And it was just like it's one of those kind of one of those things. And 
I wonder. I just wonder if things aren't quite falling for them in that same way a bit more this season. And I, I mean, I want. It, it's interesting the Kovacic thing because uh, I want to bring this in from Adam, who says, "Why is Kovacic perfect in games that we're going to be bad in, or are we bad because Kovacic is in?" For the record, I thought he was great against Bournemouth, but he only seems to play well in games where we're going to be grinding it out. I'm interested in the definition of playing bad, um, because you know, as we we talked about last season with the kind of Mares and Grealish plan. I remember writing a few times, like, it's not actually designed to look good. Especially when City, in that kind of Christmas period, were still trying to figure out the, you know, slowing the rest of the team down to fit Haaland in. I remember saying, like, if if it looks boring and City are winning and they're not conceding any chances, it's working. Um, I know that hasn't really been the case this season. But I don't know. I, I wonder if it's maybe because... Kovacic is an attempt to get back to that but there's not always the tools to do it we know obviously well I mean he was shocking at Wolves wasn't he and he was bad against Arsenal but at Arsenal he wasn't helped in the sense that Guardiola was obviously like we're just going to put everyone in the middle we want this kick. We want this 90 minutes to pass without incident we want to go home if we've nicked it we'll be delighted if it's nil-nil great and they were very close to doing that Against Villa, they wanted to do exactly the same thing. Obviously, they weren't close to doing that. It was a deflected shot again, but Villa deserved to win that 10 times over. Um, So there's extreme examples like that. But again, and it's difficult to know because we don't know the definition here of playing badly. But we'll go back to that Sheffield United performance away at the start of the season. And everyone hated it at the time and we were fine with it. Christ, if City, off that if City now, did yeah. that away from home, every game, every away game, never mind away from home, if City did that, Every game from now to the end of the season, they'll win the treble again. Simple as that. And he, you know, he he, he was a part of that. Um, I would, I'd like a follow up actually, um, a follow up email of just specific examples, just so I can think. Because yeah, I do, I do feel like there's times when you know, Guardiola's like, well, this is what we need from this game. Kovacic, you're the guy to do this. But maybe hamstrung by the fact that you know ahead of him is Alvarez, Haaland, Foden, Doku. So what's anyone supposed to do in that scenario, really? <laughs> if, you know, I'm generalising again, but they're giving the ball away more and they're not winning it back. It's tough. Yeah. Um, it's like Foden playing really well at Chelsea away. It's like, does the game have to be open and stretch for Foden to play well? Like, obviously it doesn't. We've seen that. But it just reminded me of that in the same way that it was irrelevant when I thought about the Atletico Madrid game earlier on. But that's what popped into my head. Like, maybe there is something in that. You know, maybe if Kovacic is playing, it's a sign for something. But I don't think so. I think it's just an attempt to to sort things out, um, a step in the right direction. But there's only so much control you can have when the others... Again, maybe maybe I'm being too fair on the inverted commas control players and too harsh on the more direct players. But that's, that's kind of how I feel. I would like, I'd like to see some specific examples of games and I can maybe go, oh yeah, I see what you mean, and then develop that a bit further. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members, though. Go to lmtpod.com if you want to sign up for those longer and ad-free episodes. Sam, for members, what is in this one? Yeah, loads more about the game, including Kovacic looking for Haaland. Clinicality. Haaland's hold of play. Um, Stone's rolling back, well, the year. Stone's rolling back the one year. Um, (laughs) But also, last Monday I was on the PGMOL call 
um, explaining some of the referee decisions. So we'll talk quite a bit about that, which I thought was very interesting. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Wanna hear you go?